St. Thomas Aquinas. So, beloved, let me take the opportunity first and foremost to wish you all uh, a blessed Palm Sunday. And secondly, as we begin Holy Week or Passion Week, um, I pray that you will be able to follow the Lord faithfully, die with him, and subsequently experience the power of his resurrection. Amen. Beloved, we have already listened to um, a gospel reading from Luke when we began our procession. We have listened to two readings, and we've listened to the narration of the passion according to Luke. And I, my intention is just to give you just a few points for your meditation and your reflection as we journey through um, Passion Week. I want to point out to you that ordinarily, uh, every Passion Sunday or Palm Sunday, we take the reading of the Passion from one of the Gospels. So in year A, in the first year, we take it from Matthew. In the second year or year B, we take it from Mark's Gospel. And in the third year, which is year C, we take it from Luke's Gospel. And that is why today we have taken this um, passion narrative from the Gospel according to Luke. On Good Friday, we always listen to the passion narrative according to John. So today, our reflection is going to be from Luke. Next year, we will go back to Matthew. The following year, to Mark. And the next year, we go back to Luke. So this is the gospel according to Luke. The passion according to Luke's gospel. Now, the second thing I want to say is that it is quite a lengthy um, passage and uh, this is from Luke's Gospel, chapter 22, verse 14, right through 23, verse 56. Now, it's, it will be a good thing during the week, probably, to take it slowly, piece by piece, meditate on it as you go along. But I just want to give you um, some 10 verses out of this lengthy passage which maybe when you go back home, you can sit down and reflect about. And I'm talking about Luke chapter 23, reading from verses 39 to 49. So this is just 10 verses out of what we read. And I want to suggest to you that these 10 verses could be a microcosm, could be um, 10 verses perhaps that in some way summarize the entire reading of what we have just been reading, the entire passion narrative. Luke chapter 23, reading from verses 39 through 49. So maybe when you go back home, just take those 10 verses. You might not have too much time, but 10 verses you can manage and reflect and read with me. Now, in those 10 verses, I want to suggest that there are four, maybe five, but four main interesting characters that you'll be coming across. I want to call them minor characters. 
in our passion narrative. So the first person you'll come across is the thief who challenged Jesus and said, uh, look, why don't you come down from the cross and save the rest of us? So you, you'll encounter that fellow. The second person you will come across as you read is the other thief whom we usually refer to as a good thief who rebuked him and said, Master, we are here because we are criminals. This man has done nothing wrong. So you'll come across that second character. Then the third person you'll come across is the, the centurion who, when he saw Jesus die, said, look, this man was an innocent man. Okay, this man was an innocent man. I want to suggest to you that you read the story of the centurion and the story of the good thief together. Now, if you continue and you reach verse 48, you'll find an interesting detail which says that the crowds, the crowds, um, when they saw how Jesus died, it says that they went home beating their breasts. It's an act of sorrow, you know, sadness, regret, maybe. They went home beating their breasts because of what had happened. So let's take that as the third character because we're reading the good thief and the centurion together. And finally, if you read from verse 49, it will tell you about the women, okay? And also, after subsequently, Joseph of Arimathea and the others. It says, who had followed Jesus from Galilee all the way to the cross, and they watched and saw how he died. So, just four of these characters. First, the thief, then the good thief and the centurion, then the crowds who beat their breasts, and finally, um, the women who had followed Jesus from, from Galilee all the way to Jerusalem. I want to suggest to you that these four characters that we're speaking about tell us something about what this passion means to us as Christians. They tell us something about our Christian life and our Christian journey and four attitudes that we can have to the passion of Jesus Christ. The first one, the first image is that of the, of the thief who challenged Jesus and said, you know, come down from the cross. And I want to suggest to you that that is the attitude of intransigence. So you notice that in our passage, in our gospel passage, there are people in there who never change. It doesn't matter what is happening, they don't change. So look at this thief, okay? You know, he's stolen all his life, right? He's on the cross and Jesus is by him. Instead of taking the opportunity to grab some grace, he takes the opportunity to insult him further. One would have expected that a man at the moment of his death at least will have a change of mind, isn't it? But you'll notice that in our passage, there are a number of people like that who just do not change. So you find the chief priests and the scribes and the elders 
And no, even though they have seen Jesus and his miracles and they followed and they know who this man is, they will simply not change. Nothing will change them. Look at Pilate, who confronted with the truth. He himself says, look, this man has done nothing wrong. And he doesn't change. And I want to suggest to you that that, that is the first, the first attitude and the first trait that perhaps Luke is speaking to us about that we need to underline and we need to be careful about. Because it's possible that a man goes through Lent. Hears the word of God, fast praise, arrives at Good Friday, Easter Sunday, and is the same. And you know, the only thing that we can say about that is that if a man has decided in his spirit that he won't change, he won't change. I'd like to go back to that famous quote of my rector when I was in the seminary, the very Reverend Monsignor Winanda Mewawo, who said, you cannot wake up a seminarian who is not asleep. If the person has intentionally closed his eyes and you're going to tap him to wake up, even if you pour a bucket on water, of water on him, you'll still be asleep. Now, unless we make the decision, a conscious decision to change, nothing can change us. Nothing. And that's the first thing that we must be aware of, my dear friends. There's a possibility of intransigence. And even the passion of Jesus has no transformative effect on my life. Now, the second one, I want to suggest to you, um, is a situation of weakness. And I want to jump uh, a little bit to verse 40. Verse 48, it's Luke 23, 48. And it says that there were the women who, or the crowds who beat their breasts. So we've looked at intransigence, one possible reaction to the passion. The other is weakness. And I want to suggest to you that the people who beat their breasts are, are the crowds. And you see, what happened is that just as we entered with praise and with singing and with adoration, Hosanna, and so on and so forth, these were the crowds who enthusiastically, you know, hailed Jesus as the Messiah, walked with him into Jerusalem, they followed him. But when things got difficult, they were the same ones who cried out, crucify him. And you see, if we go through... The, the gospel reading, we shall find that a number of people are like that. So you remember we read about Peter. We read about the disciples who were saying, look, I will, I, we will never deny you. We will never betray you. When the push came to the shove, 
Peter will deny the Lord before a small girl. That is the situation of human weakness because there are many of us who start out with good intentions. The intention is not to betray the Lord. No. In fact, at the beginning of Lent, we made resolutions. We said we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And we had good intentions about it. But out of human weakness, there's a, a time comes and, and we, just, we just fall. We're not able to carry it any further. And I want to suggest to you that is, that is the second situation that we face in our gospel. But you will notice that when Peter realized what he had done, it says he went out and he wept bitterly. Bitterly. He realized what he had done. He was sorry. And this is exactly what happened to the crowds. After they themselves had said, crucify him, crucify him, it says that they realized what they had done and they beat their breasts and wept. The truth is that sometimes in spite of our good intentions, what we plan to do, our, we intend to be faithful to the Lord, we're sometimes weak. But at least if we acknowledge that and we, and we beat our breast and we acknowledge that we failed, Jesus reaches out to us, he holds our hands and he brings us in. Now the third situation that we encounter is that of repentance. You see, there are some who didn't start out with Jesus. I want to point out to you the good thief. He had led his life, okay, of thievery, of robbery, of whatever he did. I want to suggest to you the centurion. He was a Roman. He never knew God. He had lived his life the way he wanted. But there was a point in his life when he encountered Jesus, he encountered the power of the passion and the lives of these two men changed. And that was the end of the matter. And so before the passion, there might be somebody who has lived something in the past. But his encounter with Jesus and his encounter with the passion becomes such a life-changing event that you cannot go back to what you were before. May the Lord bless you. And so there will be some who perhaps this Lent, something happened to you, which is unique. In fact, nobody knows. You're the only one who knows it. But you had an encounter with the Lord as you went through Lent. Things happened in your life that show you that you cannot return to the past. This is my prayer for every catechumen. In a week's time, you're going to be baptized. You're going to receive your first Holy Communion. It's my prayer for you. That you can make a decision about your life, 
about the past based on what you've experienced as you walked with the Lord. And that's the third one. My beloved, there's a fourth. And I mentioned to you that if you read from Luke 23, 49, it says that there were a group of women who had followed the Lord from Galilee right until he arrived in Jerusalem. And you see, there are some who have always been faithful. And who will remain faithful? And these women had followed him all the way through Galilee, all the way through Samaria. And even when his disciples ran away, they were at the foot of the cross. In fact, when I was reading from my Bible, it says that they even watched and saw how his body was placed in the tomb. These are those whose love for Jesus goes even beyond death. They are faithful to their calling. Maybe not all of us may be in that situation. But if you are faithful and you're going through hard times, may the Lord strengthen you in that faithfulness. Because there are times when you feel like giving up there are times when you are pressed and pushed to the wall. There are times when the person, even the person you are depending on, the Lord, you can't feel his presence anymore. It's as if he's taken away from you. May God give you the faithfulness to stand firm. And beloved, Clearly, each one of us can find themselves in one place or the other. And we have fruits of grace to draw out of this passion reading. This is my prayer that as we go through Holy Week, we shall reflect on these realities. Not forgetting that all four characters can be in our hearts too. Above all, let's follow Jesus. Let's walk with him. Let him speak to us as we go through this week. And like I said, as we die with him, may we also share the glory of his resurrection. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.